get to know the artists behind the epic melodies, songs, and beats. Celebrating the best new music from around the world. This is the A State of Trance Podcast. Hey, what's up? My name is Ruben Ronde and here for the State of Trance Podcast in the studio today with Lufthaus, Tim and Flynn. How are you doing? Great to be here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for having us. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into the history of both of you guys. And of course, we're going to talk about Lufthaus. I have a couple of questions from the listeners as well. But first, the question that I always start with in the beginning. Uh, let's start with you first. Uh, how did you become a producer? And mostly, um, what sparked the interest inside of you to start doing dance music? Well, um, I was songwriting and writing songs since I was a kid mm-hmm. and playing in bands, rock bands with Flynn as well. Mm-hmm. And um, then I kind of moved into pop, pop music and focusing on that and trying to become a writer, moved out to LA, was lived there for about eight years. And that's when we met with Robbie around 2011, I think, and kind of worked with him since. That's it. And because you were, um, you're from Melbourne, both yeah. of you guys are from Melbourne or that's it. And then... Uh, well, I guess you have to start making music on such a level that you can decide that you actually want to go to LA and do these kinds of things. Yeah. So I want to go a little bit further back in time. Um, when was the moment that you started making music that you were like, okay, this is something that I can do really well and I want to pursue my dream and, do, and go to LA eventually? Yeah, I think we were always pretty ambitious. Well, I was always very ambitious and in, 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 in confident in what, I thought I could do, but I think in hindsight, maybe it wasn't as good as I thought at the time. But then obviously over time, you keep working at it and gradually it gets better. Mm-hmm. So by kind of, you know, our mid-20s, I think we were, I think, starting to hit our stride and doing obviously the stuff with Robbie and all that kind of thing. And then we kind of didn't, I, di- I didn't get into making electronic music till, you know, my 30s almost. Uh-huh. It's a very new thing. I kind of... Be 25. I, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and what about you, Flynn? How did you start out um, making well, music? Well, because we're going to yeah. already hear on the State of Trends episode how you came into dance music. We'll get to there in, in just a little bit as well. How did you start out making music? We started, I mean, Tim and I played in bands when we were teenagers. So like we would, we grew up on a lot of rock music, mm-hmm. a lot of classic rock music. And we would we'd like rehearse three or four times a week after school with our guitars. Mm-hmm. So our background is bands, traditional songwriting, as Tim mentioned, we spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in LA um, in that hamster wheel of pitching songs, mm-hmm. um, working, trying to get cuts on pop productions. But we found that always very <laughs> restrictive yeah. because you are forced to- you know, Work in a formula, I guess. Work in a formula, nothing, nothing against that, but just when you have- background of you know writing with one or two people it feels strange to go into a room with like 10 people and try to you know the top line the bridge all this kind of thing so we kind of felt that was a very restrictive Mm -hmm. format and we had the background of being artists and then we had this incredible you know synchronicity relationship with rob Mm -hmm. um but yeah, Tim and I self-taught, obviously, production and self-taught musicians. And we've always, yeah, for our whole lives, been making music, love, been music fans. And I think, yeah, when we, were, when we were younger, when I was younger, I fell in love with the you know Chemical Brothers Surrender record, mm-hmm. Daft Punk, Discovery, um, Moby Play, Fatboy Slim, um, You've Come a Long Way, 
baby, so why try harder? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my first introduction into electronic, which kind of felt like a bit naughty at the time because we were so into bands yeah. and it was like kind of a sub genre. You know, it wasn't like yeah. the, it wasn't- So as, you were in the in the guitar side of things and yeah, not in yeah. the sampling kind of thing. And then we're like, yeah, but then we heard all this and it was like, holy, holy shit. Like, this is really, really cool. Yeah. And this is something that I think, our, as Tim said, our interest in that was planted then, but grew more and more and more to then overtake our, that that became our primary form of inspiration and our primary music that we would then listen to and then yeah. obviously branch out from those So in acts. the meantime, you were making pop music and you were listening to dance music, sort of. Yeah, I mean, we we, we, we were listening to all kinds of music. Just but, to get inspired. But just, the yeah. ins- just, just the inspiration level, it, the fresher more creative ideas would be coming from electronic music. Whereas I felt that pop rock mm-hmm. um, was on a decline of, of things that would pique our interest. Whereas dance was becoming more interesting. Yeah. yeah. Innovate. And then, yeah. and then it kind of became when it crossed, you know, it's crossed over to the mainstream. It became more exciting from a sonic perspective yeah. to make it and to perform it because, yeah. you know, we, we, we would deal with, with five different musicians coming to a, a show and, you know, you have to mic up each cabinet and Carry such. ramp. But it's, so it's much more economical <laughs> yeah. also. I mean, that's not- Very true. You rock on with the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have a USB key with yeah. you and that's it. That's all, yeah. that's all you need. Exactly. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. <laughs> two of them. Uh, <laughs> might be helpful sometimes. <laughs> so but that's kind of the, I mean, a little bit of the origin story. Which, uh, which year was that that you started doing like- that you made the switch between pop music and dance music? I mean, we always had dance music influenced in the pop like the pop writing? Yeah, I think it was like around yeah. 2019 for me. Okay. I went over to Berlin um, to stay with Flynn for kind of a summer and we just went to the clubs and just listened to all the stuff and just kind of got immersed in the culture. And it was just really like eye-opening. It was just really exciting. Yeah. And I was like, Fuck. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> like this is this is so much cooler this than better. what I, This is so much better and cooler than what we were doing. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like the forefront of, culture and it was just kind of pushing boundaries. I was like, I'm just going to throw everything into this. So I just kind of put everything into it to do try you think, and learn how to make it. Do you think you were stuck inside of the, the bubble in LA a little bit too too long to, that you were like in a certain routine and dance music pulled you out of that again? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah LA can be very restrictive for creativity, like in music. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you wouldn't think it. I mean, you would think it, but <laughs> But with electronic music, it's it's an easier like collaborative format. You can test it better live, you mm-hmm. know. So you can you can play something and people. It's more community driven, yeah. And it's more representative, I think, of youth culture too. Whereas like trying to squeeze ideas out into a song, it it loses its romance. Where like you know, electronic can still be quite punk rock, where you can take an idea get it done, mix it and get it out in like a few days, mm-hmm. right? The entry level to, to collaborate with other artists is a lot more vast too. Yeah. So I think it's a lot, you're a lot freer creatively when you're making electronic music. And that resonated with Tim and I after being in that, that LA system, A&Rs, you know, all that kind of, all that crap, right? Yeah. I think um, one thing that I found the most exciting about it all was, you know, if you go to a pop concert or a rock concert, you kind of go and you want them to play their hit. And yeah. then you know it. 
Whereas with dance music, it was like you're going to hear these songs that are unreleased that no one's ever heard, you know, like Solomon has these exclusivities or like, you know, the DJs, you, you're going to hear new music. The, which the ideas, is like the a, ideas, It's yeah. a complete, you know, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So that was really, found that really cool. But you guys are from Melbourne, both of you. Yeah. And I have to say, I've been in Melbourne quite a few times. There, there is a, there always has been a very healthy dance music environment over there as well. But you only discovered that Right now, I guess. No, we've always known about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't really tap into it, I guess. No, no we didn't tap into it. Yeah. I mean, as we, Tim and I were living a lot of our 20s overseas, so we would yeah. obviously come back to Australia, but we were largely in Los Angeles mm. and been summering a lot in Europe Yeah, and more immersed in that, um, you know, Berlin techno kind of scene. And then in LA, you know, obviously with the, the writing stuff, but Melbourne's got a really, Melbourne's probably one of the best music cities, I'd yeah, say. It's got a good 100%. scene too. Yeah. It's yeah. Very, there's good very festivals, good. Yeah. there's good DJs. Um, there are good artists that come there. And it's something that is definitely, yeah, worth keeping an eye on for so, all those listeners. Because uh, I have to ask you guys, because normally we have dance producers and DJs in the studio. And now we have pop producers that, that walk the other way around, I guess. Um Explain or tell us a little bit how does a li- how does a life look like as, uh, as a pop producer in LA? Do you work with several singer songwriters all the time, but you work together in the studio? How how does it work? Yeah, we did like a lot of um, like we were signed to Universal, so we, they would kind of link us up with other writers or artists. You go to studios all over, and you just kind of go in and write a song. But yeah. but most of the stuff we were doing was we worked a lot with Robbie. Yeah. So that was like, that took up the majority. Like there was always a new album. There was always new songs to work on. There was always, you know, a remix to do all this and that. So yeah, most of it was that, you know, working with Robbie. So that was pretty much a full-time job, just working on Robbie's yeah, Robbie's pretty much, yeah. And then you, um, then you would get singer-songwriters in the studio as well to work with for songs for Robbie, or is it something that you always did uh, with the three of you? No, with just whoever. Like we work with other artists. Mm-hmm. Did stuff with like Kylie Minogue, um, who else did like, lots of various. It's all a blur. Yeah, it's, it's all a blur. blur. You can't yeah, remember don't, anymore. Don't, don't remember our 20s. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now comes the question, of course, because uh, it's, it's you guys and also Robbie, of course, in Lufthouse. How did you um, get Robbie involved in this project? Or is it something that started existing with the three of you? Just, just an, an idea that came about? Tim and I, we, we had decided that we were going to do a, like an electronic music project. Yeah. And um, it's a good story, actually. It was uh, the Grand Prix was on in Melbourne. Yeah. And um, Rob had been, he'd flown out with his band to play the Grand Prix and he'd been doing all the promo and, you know, all the photos. And then, you know, Melbourne, the world went into lockdown. Yeah. And one of the days before we were playing all this new Lufthouse music to Rob and he was just like, this is really fresh. This is great you know, I can put on another writing hat, you know, it doesn't, it can, there's a freedom that comes with um, making music that you're not known for, especially for Rob. Um, And he was like, I want to be a part of the project. And we didn't know at that point if we were going to be anonymous. We didn't know what the form would take. Yeah. And um, the songs were played to Rob and he just started to write and it resonated with him. And then as we further went into lockdown. Tim and I and Rob were sending songs. Rob was sending voice notes. We would send some melodic ideas. Mm. 
and then Rob would record it often on his phone and send it back. Really? And then there were some other sessions in Europe um, we, that we you know, recorded his vocals, but the album came together very quickly. I think we call it an album, but we had 30, we've got like 30, 40 songs for the project. Yeah. And pretty, pretty varying yeah. genres. Like the, we've yeah. kind of taken the lane that we've done, but we, we kind of did everything just to figure out what it was. So you guys have 40 songs just sitting on your hard drive. Yeah. I think they're sitting on a martyr's hard drive too. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. Must be nice that you have so much music done already in the meantime. Yeah, it's good. But we, you know, we're taking this time to now, I mean, we're still figuring out like, as Tim said, we got so many, it's all electronic, but there's different, like some of it's a bit, yeah. like there's a, yeah, some house stuff, there's some te like melodic techno, there's some darker stuff. Yeah. But um, we're trying to use this time, I think we're in Antwerp and we took the recording, you know, the microphone, the laptop to Rob's um, hotel room mm -hmm. and then we punch in some vocals. So we're going to, we're going to use some time in Berlin to, to set up the studio and the hotel room and we can use this time to continue to write because we all love writing. I think Tim's yeah. got like 150 beat ideas like on his laptop. That's nuts. Um, I've got Maybe like more. three ideas in my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> so during this podcast- We're just still trying already. to like evolve the sound too, you know, like yeah. we're trying to keep it, keep it fresh and it's yeah. like, you know, the last song's always the best. But how do you how do you pick and choose the, like which songs are you going to pick for the future? Because you can't release everything, I guess. We ask Amada. We're going to try. Yeah. Yeah. So you just bounce ideas up and down with the A and R. Yeah. 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 I mean, we we try different stuff too. Like you you don't know, it all connects with us. So yeah. we want to see what connects with an audience. Mm -hmm. So we're not precious about you know, shaking things up. Yeah. So we're like we'll, we'll commit to the sound, but we're also very um flexible with what we will release in the yeah. future you know I, I love that man that right. you can be flexible about it and you can yeah. also adjust to times as well i guess yeah and we can be very quick too yeah. so we can really turn out tunes very quickly let's uh let's jump back to the to the birth of lufthouse because you already said it at the beginning you thought about staying anonymous just because mm -hmm. the first i remember the first promo that we received we received for the for the radio show i think it was sway um it was like, hey guys, do you want to play this record? Armada was like, hey, do you want to play this record? Well, you can't say anything about the project, but you can play it on the show. And I'm like, hmm, I hear the voice, one plus one, okay, that's three. But you still decided to remain uh, anonymous for just a little bit. Why yeah, did you decide to do that? Why did you decide to do that? Because we wanted to, I think when you're working with an artist like Robbie Williams, mm -hmm. like due to the size of his um, celebrity, and due to his, you know, his brand, we wanted to roll it out in an authentic way. Yeah. So we didn't want it to just instantly become like our Robbie Williams yeah. electronic yeah. project. So it was a very deliberate, considered um, strategy with his management and with Amada yeah. to have, you know, th these three songs come out be seeded into the community. Obviously, Rob's got such an iconic voice. Yeah, you, that, you recognize it straight away, of course. Yeah. But we wanted to, you know, roll it out in a way that wasn't, you know, we weren't trying to cash in yeah. on- Put the yeah. focus on the music. Yeah. And just let it, let, let music do its thing. Yeah. Opposed to being like, hey, look at us, look at me, you know, all this kind of thing. We just yeah. wanted to mm -hmm. put out good music and just, you know. You managed to, to roll it out nicely without yeah. mentioning anything, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then the moment came that you were, okay, we can't hide it anymore. Let's- Let's throw it out there. And then the world tour came. Yeah. I guess. 
Well, we're, we're already touching base a little bit in the episode as well that you guys were. Well, normally, let's say how a career goes as an electronic dance music producer. You work, I don't know, for many years. People don't understand your music. Your friends lie to you and say that it's nice because it's not, it's horrible. <laughs> and then you start playing these small little gigs for five, six, seven people maybe. And then you get a lot of stress about that. And then throughout the years, you become better and better and better. And then you hope to play a bigger show at a certain point. But you guys are like, okay, let's do it differently. First show, nah. 45,000 people. <laughs> make, make no mistake. Tim, <laughs> Tim and I have spent a lot of time playing to Yeah, the, the band garage. And oh, yeah. So we, I mean, we've both, um, I mean, had different projects over the years that we thought were going to be the one. Yeah. And we've spent a lot of times playing to no one. So we didn't just like rock up and have the silver spoon. We've, we've, lit, we've paid our dues. Oh, 100%. Uh, in, in a big way. Yeah. Um, and- yeah, it's 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 incredible to go out and play to that many people. We feel very fortunate and we we like doing both. So we love, as we said, you know, we're doing the club yeah. shows. So we love bringing a different show to an arena because it's a different beast, right? And yeah. you've got you to gotta, um, be a lot more mindful of your entertaining and your engagement because it's a crowd that wants to see a high, you know, quality show. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we love playing in the clubs. We love doing, you know, sets. So we're... We're kind of like a, a Swiss Army knife of what we can do because yeah. I think a lot of, um, you know, a lot of traditional electronic acts they wouldn't in a, in an arena you'd need you know fire pyrotechnics big LEDs we have yeah. a giant elephant we don't we don't yeah. we don't have that I mean we got a great stage production yeah. but we had to figure out how to bring people in whilst maintaining our sound you know yeah you managed to do that I yeah. guess yeah. And the, and the question now is, of course, now you did these arena shows. Uh, you already mentioned that you you played a show in Ibiza, I think, last year as well, like a more yeah. club environment. Uh, are you guys aiming to do more club shows in the future or do you want to keep on touring like these shows with Robbie or just stand on your own feet and just fly away? We definitely want to do more club shows. We We're doing to, a lot we, more. Yeah, I'm going to do like Ibiza and stuff this yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. I've got lots of really cool, exciting stuff planned and, and in the works, so... And you can focus on that fully because you have so many songs laying there yeah, already. Yeah. So you don't even have to be in the studio for the next. We'd love, yeah. to, we'd love to do like, obviously we love supporting Rob. So Tim and I support Rob on the arena tours. Yeah. Then Tim and I are going to play a lot of club shows across Europe. You know, we're already, we've already started doing after shows after the arena gig. Mm-hmm. And then with Rob, um, when it makes sense where we'd love to do, you know, festivals, do, you know, cream fields, do, you know, big, big kind of, um, you know, productions and yeah. stuff with Rob, but then you were aiming for an Ibiza, uh, a series of Ibiza shows. So that will be really fun. And that'll it be really like interesting. Fun. Yeah. I would love to come. You can, we'll yeah, put you I'm on the guest list. Awesome. Well, thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how do you take your experience that you have from, from playing in a band into what you're doing right now, doing the live shows, because you mentioned that you played like small crowds on a guitar or whatever. Um, how do you take that along in the, in your club shows now? I guess you build a thick skin from doing all those small shows that then when you get up there, you just, just kind of click it. Just, like Flynn said, it's a bit, bit of muscle memory. Yeah. So you rem- remember how you have to play the crowd or you have to yeah. entertain in a certain way, I guess. You get a hit of adrenaline and you just go for it. The adrenaline uh, rush of, of playing a show of 45,000 people is on parallel, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. it's more scary to play in front of four. Hundred times more. Yeah. Like th- this set was harder than <laughs> the twenty thousand at like Ziggo Dome <laughs> because it's like you know you, you're so exposed, right? Yeah. And um, I mean, on 
an arena to you are exposed to because everyone can see you. The visibility is really good. So we've managed to do like some hybrid, there's some live moments, there's live singing, yeah. there's electronic and it works because it's a, a mix of everything, you know? So if it was just the electronic, it, would, it wouldn't work as well as having the hybrid model. Mm -hmm. So that's something that's unique to the arena shows. So you bring in keyboards and, and more performance, I guess. Singing, singing. like we, we have the decks and then we do some, some singing. So Yeah, because um, I did a little bit of research before this podcast, of course, and you guys are both singers as well. A little bit. A little bit. Flint a little is, bit. Flynn is a singer. I sing. <laughs> <laughs> so is this the moment to bring in the reverb and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Flynn no, could do the, a little song? song? Tim and I, I think this is a really good point. Like Tim and I, the Lufthouse songs are songs. Yeah. Right. They are songs. So they're not just um, electronic pieces of music with a hook. They're songs. Yeah. And this is where we get a lot of inspiration from like Rufus to Soul, you know? Um, and because they are songs, they need to be performed as songs in the arena setting. Mm -hmm. In the club, we play the club mixes because it's a different beast, but it's good to kind of, you know, maintain that through line when, you, when you're performing to such a vast amount of people. Yeah. yeah. And what I wonder now, because you guys were sitting in LA, you're from, from uh, Australia, uh, Robbie is of course in the UK. I guess he lives there most of the times as well. He's everywhere. Uh, he's yeah. everywhere. How do you um, set up a, a way to, uh, record songs because it must be hard to just be we, in the same spot. We do a lot of on the road, like yeah. we, the hotel rooms and stuff like that. How do you do a hotel room session? Do you set up pillows as a booth or something? Yeah. Or see that guy over there, James, our tour manager. He's Hello, also, he's also a, a mix engineer, mix engineer, engineer. psychologist, <laughs> um, <laughs> resident therapist. Yeah. So James, it's fortunate to have him because. He brings his microphone, laptop, like a UAD interface. Yeah, sets up some pillows, and then we'll we'll set Rob up in the living room, and then we'll play him the music, or he'll he'll he have the song before, and then Rob will start singing, and we'll capture it in a in a studio quality that can then be used to mix. So, do you put blankets on the wall? You have to call reception and hey guys, uh, yeah, this is room two hundred and twenty three. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we light need candles. We make Rob real comfortable. Yeah. Slip on something you know that you feel comfortable <laughs> doing, and maybe a, a robe or your your famous um underwear. Oh, okay, okay, we, guys. This we, is this is we, amazing. We lose some rub up, and then maybe a massage. <laughs> okay, maybe a, a foot rub. Floors, floors. You have and to. And then he just starts singing. Switch this. Which which camera shall we take? Well, uh, one closer. Right? You have to see this. Wait. Very interesting, guys. Keep on. Oh, yeah, yes. and then Rob just starts singing, and then um. Yeah, once everything's comfortable, the juices flow and <laughs> it's um, we capture the magic. So that's one way we do it. That's awesome. Or we're in, you know, if we're in a city, Rob Zim, we'll, we'll go to a studio. But a lot of it now, the quality is so good that you get, if you have a great microphone and you have the, you know, the universal um, interface, the Apollo and their plugins, like yeah. the emulators for 1073 or yeah. you know, 1176 is insane. And also like when you go, when it becomes very formal in a studio, I think sometimes it's nice to just do it on the fly in the hotel room, get a bit of a vibe, just we're all just hanging out. And then it's like- And okay, I guess you've been working together for such a long time. Exactly, right. a friendship. Whenever it well. becomes formal, it, I guess it becomes a little less fun. And yeah. then I guess that might show in the takes and stuff like that. So it's always nice to just- you know, but how are you going to? Because uh, Lufthouse is, it's you know, it's going off right now. It's become more popular, how, and I guess Robbie also wants to continue his pop side. But you guys are becoming more busy with this project as well. How are you going to balance everything? 
Like we find time. Production wise. We find time. I mean, we bank so much music yeah. and we, we turn it around so quickly and we fit in. Tim and I, our schedule's dedicated to this. If Rob wants to come in, we're doing Europe anyway. So then Rob can, if he wants to play live, he yeah. can join us after yeah. a show or in between his schedule. Or um, Tim and I, as I said, we're, we're dedicating our time physically to to play those shows. And then we don't need to, like Rob is such a big part of Lufthouse, but we can also create without him too. Yeah. So he can also come in at the end or the beginning and then he can be as involved or uninvolved as he likes. Yeah, because you can write the songs mix. also and exactly. just be like, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, listen to this song, add something to it, exactly. record it or something like that. Yeah. It helps so much that you, nowadays you don't need a million dollar studio anymore. You just need yeah. a hotel room with a tour manager. And a puts, J-Mail, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all you need. Yeah. So um, what what would be the ultimate tip? Because uh, my time management is pretty okay as well. But if I listen to you guys, your time management is, well, next level. What would be, what would be the number one tip for time managing? Uh, make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, we've got a four hour train ride after this. So yeah. it's like, pull out the laptop. It's not that hard. Like it's actually, if you, I think if you, if you have the music, like it's not that time consuming. You can spend, you know, only a few hours a week of quality output mm-hmm. to get a really great result. Yeah. Like we've banked all this time in the music business. So now it's quick. Yeah. yeah like spending thousands and thousands of hours in front of Logic. Now yeah. it's kind of, we kind of just, you kind of know what to do. Yeah, you, you don't know, have to reinvent everything. You don't again. have to reinvent everything. I know that this bass is going to work with this kick drum. Yeah. And then, you know, this so forth. And then I know that this sounds good. So it's, we work pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, now. Now you do. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. After all these years. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is your, this, this is going to be a nerdy question. What is your favorite plugin at the moment that you, that you put on your project straight away? Or VST. Uh, VST. Yeah. Well, like you mean soft synth or like Let's actual, do both. Soft synth, I'd have to say Serum. Yes. Love it. Because it's so hands-on, I guess. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's so versatile, especially for making this kind of music. But I try and avoid doing too much processing because obviously we've got James, who's a professional. Yeah. And he can do it better than I can. So I just kind of... So he's your sound engineer. He's on, the sound on the engineer sounds. in the mix, yeah. I like um, Output. I think they're an American company. They do some really interesting like signal, VSTs. for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're really and cool. Arcade was cool for like. Don't tell him about arcade. But, um, <laughs> it's it's. Like, <laughs> nah, everyone knows about arcade. So, so, yeah, forget what you heard. Um, and then from processing, yeah, UAD. All UAD stuff is next level, and I think we've like reached like almost a singularity with the impossibility to be able to tell between vintage equipment. Yeah. And um, the UAD licensed plugins, they're insane. So it's very expensive. Every 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 uh, how do you say it? Black Friday? I'm like, oh, here we go again. If UAD are listening, we are open to a sponsorship <laughs> deal. Lufthouse <laughs> loves UAD. UAD. I think. Uh, I UAD, think. Can you put the reverb on? Universal please? Audio. Yeah, wait. Here we go. Universal Audio. Universal Audio. <laughs> Lufthouse Music. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a solid plug right yeah. there. I think. Uh, I think um, they will listen to you. Yeah, I and have, then, and then I, at, like Adam, Adam, um, you know the monitors and Adam G- Audio. Genelic. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Genelic are really good. So you know, we like we like our sounds in Lufthouse. We like our hardware. Yeah, awesome. Well, I like that. Um, let's have a, a question here from uh, Salion D18. The question is: Is there an album coming? I th- yeah. Share end of the, end share of the, the year. Is it end of the year? I think between 
September, November, there'll be an album out on Amada Records. Okay. And that's going to be, um, do you already know the track list or, or is that something that you still... Maybe. Decide? We don't even know if it's written yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we might know. Yeah, we got a pretty good idea. Like <coughs> working with Yaron from Amada, mm -hmm. um, I think we got like about, you know, six, seven shortlisted. Yeah. So okay. We've released like what, four or five? Four. Four. So yeah. almost half the album. So we need just another yeah. Yeah, six. So okay. And that's going to be your strategy to release everything before the album comes out, or is there something that you? I think it's four songs, it. four most songs most if they want. Amado want four songs, and then the album, mm -hmm. like single push. So we got. I think we'll have the fourth out by October. Fifth, yeah, awesome. Can't wait for that. Uh, question: This one comes from uh, the home uh, hometown, I guess. Uh, Any Matt, when will, will you guys? Uh, when will, are you guys going to tour Australia? November. November. This yeah, is we're a stadium uh, tour. Yeah, I think we're doing Sydney and Melbourne. We're doing a couple of shows in Melbourne. And then we'll uh, definitely do some club stuff and hopefully some festival stuff around that kind of summer period. It's always it. Because right now, if you if, if you um, see what's going on in Australia right now, it's nuts. The amount of festivals. I think Armin yeah. was there last weekend in Brisbane yeah. and in uh, Sydney. Sydney Showgrounds, for example. Yeah, absolutely. But also the club scene is doing really, really well. Of course, there's a lot of Australian artists that mm -hmm. are just flying all around the world, I guess, right now. Um, well, that's it. That's the questions that I had for you. Um, Great. If you guys have anything to add, this is the time. This is the moment. Um, what have we got to add? Uh, follow us, stream us. I don't yeah, know. say hello to us on the internet. Um, get in touch. We love to. We love to see everyone you know who enjoys our music. And yeah, stay tuned for you know our latest releases. Check us out on Spotify, Instagram. And um, yeah, come say hello live when we're in town. That would be the best way to experience. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lufthaus, for this podcast and of course for the guest mix as well. And hope to see you guys later this year when you're going to release your album. Thank awesome. you for having us. Yeah, That's it for, for the podcast. Us. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in. Check all previous episodes on YouTube or your favorite podcast portal. A State of Trance podcast.